0: Welcome to the Como Politicast. I'm Jeff Pogel. Well, it's been a busy week in politics here in the Northwest, a new step forward in the Regional Homeless Authority. We'll get to that. Plus, a little bit later on, the latest moves on Initiative 976. And will there be a special session called to deal with it? when the governor is undergoing surgery. All of that coming up. But joining me now is Como's Matt Markovich. And uh, the homeless issue is something you have been covering for months and years. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. and the latest is that there was uh, a vote of approval, at least one vote of approval, for this regional homeless authority. But there's still plenty of hurdles to, to clear right. what's going on right now.
1: So this was a significant vote that, was, that took place on Thursday by the Regional Policy Committee. Now, the Regional Policy Committee is made up of mayors, uh, deputy mayors, uh, city and county council people, uh, 12 people on this uh, committee. And so it's kind of like a region-wide approach to certain policies. So that's why it's an important committee. And what they decide has to go back to either King County Council or the city council in its exact form to be voted on. So what the Regional Homeless Authority, This, what many have called this very fat bureaucratic layer of government, a brand new layer of government uh, to take take care of all the homeless response issues, not necessarily housing, but just how do we respond to the homelessness situation, both on the street and people who are hidden homeless. Um, That authority went before the committee and got a unanimous approval. And basically, that was a big thumbs up from this region-wide group of lawmakers and now the plan goes to the King County Council for approval and the Seattle City Council approval but already on Thursday the two council members representing Seattle Bruce Harrell and Deborah Juarez showed immediate concerns about certain key issues uh, including what is a quorum and and then later on that same afternoon uh, the Special Select Committee on Homelessness met for the Seattle City Council. And uh, Lorena Gonzalez even brought up the issue of reciprocation by the smaller cities, because right now Seattle is ponying up most of the money for the first five years, $73 million, and King County's doing $55 million, and the 37 other cities, excuse me, 36, because we include Seattle's 37, 36 other cities in the county don't have to pony up anything. So then wrap it up in a bow. The Regional Policy Committee has passed it. It has to go to the King County Council, Seattle City Council, but they have to approve it as is. If they either council makes a change, it goes back to the Regional Planning uh, Policy Committee. They make the changes, and it go back to the King County Councils and the City Council, And eventually, the only two people that are going to actually sign it are the King County Executive, Dow Constantine, and Mayor Durkin. So in the bottom end, and they those two have to approve it as well. <laughs> so this is, I think, what we call the Seattle
0: process. Yes, yeah, back, yeah. back and forth, back and forth, and it takes forever for a decision to be made. And speaking of forever, is there a timeline? When do they want to get this
1: done and operating? Well, they'd like to get the decision to get it up and running by the end of the year because already it's behind schedule. They literally, it's like starting a whole new company. They have to hire a CEO, they have to hire employees, they have to have a building where they're going to operate out of. It's like setting up a company from scratch, and this is a big thick layer of bureaucracy because you you not just the employees that are run the authority, and then where they're going to work, and you know how that starts. Um, they are actually people and. There's budgets already set and on hold right now for that to take place, and they can't launch those budgets. But I'm going back to the uh, layer of bureaucracy, because in the end, uh, what was the big compromise that got this through the uh, Regional Policy Committee, compared to what the original form was back in September, was that the electeds are now in charge of this authority. Previously, electeds picked uh, a board of um, experts, and the experts would decide the funding, How the funding would be spent, Mm -hmm. as well as what the policies would be. But that has changed now. The elected said, hey, that's our job to spend taxpayer money. So now they have this new governing board of nothing but nine elected officials and three formerly homeless, so it's 12 people, and they will decide the big decisions, policy, uh, uh, um, how the money would be spent, who's going to be the CEO, the big decisions, and then Another 13 people are below them that are the board of experts, the panel, they call it the implementation board. Those are the experts from the existing homeless response agencies who will actually implement, that's why they call them the implementation board, (laughs) implement what the governing committee decides. So if you include the CEO, that's 25 people who will uh, have an opinion about how homeless should be uh, homeless response should be in the Seattle and King County so this area. So it's be like hurting cats try to get 25
0: people to agree on anything let alone something as controversial as this. And none of those people if if I understand it correctly none of them are elected to this board. No. They're elected to whether it's the Seattle City Council mm-hmm. or the King County Council or whatever it happens to mm-hmm. be and then by virtue of their position there they get on this board. So there's a layer of political cover for them in the actions they do in dealing with the homeless crisis
1: yeah you think of it i have when people ask me how do you compare this to well i'll for people kind of in the noble government it's kind of like a board of health so we have the seattle slash king county board of health and they decide the all the health uh possible you know i don't know how to say uh major health decisions in the county and the city so it's a cooperative group and on that board which is only five people last my taken are like two elected officials so Mm -hmm. it's a board of five people here you have a board of 12 which talks to another board of 12 excuse me 13 plus one ceo so it's not by scale um it is massive compared to a Board of Health, but it's kind of like the same framework. And each of those people presumably are going to get
0: paid some sort of stipend or salary. Then you've got the CEO and then how everything's implemented. And, of course, this is alternative because the county or the city could change all of this,
1: and then they'd have to go back to the drawing board. That's right. And so right now, uh, there are negotiations going on right now addressing some of the city of Seattle concerns because they want to move this fast. There's going to be meetings next week where both the King County Council and the Seattle City Council will be voting on this in either in a committee form or the full councils. And that's next week is pretty much the last week of meetings for the city and King County. If they don't get it done by the end of next week, uh, pretty much, then it goes into next year. And then you have The brand-new City Council. Yeah, four new members of the Seattle City Council will be joining after the first of the year, and maybe they have some tweaks that they want to do. So
0: this is going to be interesting and much more of the Seattle process to come. We have to take a quick break here on the Como Politicast, but when we come back, the latest on Initiative 976 and and the fight of Tim Eyman and the Attorney General, all that coming up in just a moment right here on the Como Politicast.
1: Information is power. Everything you need to know before you get to work. The Como Morning News on the Northwest's only all-news station. Como News 1000, FM 97.7, and comonews.com.
0: Welcome back to the Como Politicast. I'm Jeff Podzlo, joined frequently by Como's Matt Markovich. And now let's talk a bit about Initiative 976, the $30 car tabs. This is the third such initiative that uh, initiative guru Tim Ayman has Mm -hmm. put forward. But I haven't seen him respond like this to any of his initiatives previously. Uh, He has really been out there fighting the injunctions mm. that the king county judge has issued and and now the uh the fact that the state supreme court upheld that injunction uh and now he's announced that he's running for governor uh and and the latest thing that's happened this week is is that state supreme court ruling uh, essentially saying that the lower court's ruling putting it on hold stands until the uh, adjudication works itself out uh, wh- what are you seeing on the street and in, in talking with people in, in their response
1: to this well, I think you have the will of the people essentially behind Tim Eyman. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, outside of King County, there are 39 counties in the state, and I 976 did not carry in six of them. So, a majority of the counties carried I 976. In fact, in which frank- means they wanted thirty dollars. Yeah, they time. wanted hard. In fact, frank- like in counties way down like in Pasco, Franklin mm-hmm. County, seventy-two um, percent. Voted in favor of I-97, in favor of $30 car, pat, uh, car taps. King County, the big gorilla, did not. And that's what's carrying most of the uh, anti-Tim uh, Iman v- uh, fever right mm-hmm. now. All of the rest of Washington is in favor of Tim Hyman. So he does have some political inertia in that way. And I think that what he's trying to capitalize is merge, like you said, that he's running for governor, so he wants to be very visible. He can, he knows how to work the media. And he's got a hot topic issue, because people want $30 car tabs. And he's got this whole logic, oh, the democratic process is no good in, Seattle, in, in Washington state. You have an initiative, and then the... Politicians sue to stop it. So where is the will of the people? Where is the will of the people? Mm-hmm. And it's a very simple argument to understand. And why not have the will of people take effect as it should have on December fifth, when all the car tabs should have dropped down to ninety dollars or thirty dollars? And the way I describe how I nine seven six works because people are thinking, well, I thought we had thirty dollar car mm-hmm. tabs, you know, from twenty years ago. And I'll give credit to Tim Eymon for this visual, and it's a good way to describe it. We've had $30 car taps. Think of it as a boat. And over the last 20 years, it, uh, various jurisdictions, by law, can add taxes to it, and to, uh, like barnacles on the boat. Mm-hmm. So what I-976 basically did is scrape the barnacles off the boat. So that we go back to what we've always had, except all these extraneous taxes that pay for various transportation projects, RTA projects, uh, and the ones that are not bonded right now, because you have to commit to those, um, those projects, like maybe ST4, you know, way down the line... Um, that's a barnacle that was scraped off as i for i976
0: and and you saw uh, another filing by the uh, by Clint Didier right. who's a, a perennial candidate and, and eventually got elected to the Franklin County Commission uh, a while back three uh, three-time
1: Super Bowl champion th- okay. yes, and, and uh,
0: three-time statewide uh, candidate and lost all three times as well mm. uh, but nevertheless he he filed uh, a I don't know if you'd call it a suit, but uh, and, and it wasn't certainly wasn't an amicus brief, but he accused uh, or said that. King County can't be impartial in this case, and it should be moved out of King County. The mm-hmm. state supreme court, without it even going to the justices, the court commissioner wrote a rather scathing rejection of that argument uh, and sent it back. That came out early on, uh, I believe, it was Wednesday or Thursday, mm-hmm. and then later on that day was when the state supreme court, by a vote of six to three, mm-hmm. uh, upheld the lower court's injunction. Where do you see this ultimately going? Because you have. All these legal arguments, whether it's the, the merits of the case or the fact that the AG didn't do a good job uh, or that the judge can't
1: be impartial. I mean, there's so many moving parts to this. Um, I think it's going to be put on hold. And now the, the wild card is the special session, which could resolve this, as mm-hmm. we talked about before 20 years ago when Gary Locke had a special session uh, to resolve the very first uh, $30 car tab initiative and its legal woes. Um, will that happen? Well, that's I don't know. I mean, you have a governor at the time right now with Governor Inslee, who is ad- adamantly against I-976, whereas Gary Locke wasn't that way back in the first 20 years ago so he was more uh he would would call a special session realizing i'm going to fix this because that's the will of the people and that's what they did uh, 20 years ago on the other hand you have governor inslee who campaigned against Mm i-976 practically said it should not pass made a very big political deal about it so now that you have a lower court stopping it temporarily why should he call a special session there's no political reason until the real session starts up in january well
0: that's the you know timings the other issue it's the the regular session starts in early january the lawmakers are doing christmas break with their families Mm -hmm. you know it's just gonna be a couple of weeks anyway Mm -hmm. but a special session could come to pass. We'll talk about that when the Como Politicast continues in just a moment.
1: Everything you missed while at work. Update and unwind on the way home. The Como Afternoon News on the Northwest's only all-news station. Como News 1000, FM 97.7, and ComoNews.com.
0: Welcome back to the Como Politicast. I'm Jeff Pogela. Joined as almost always, (laughs) Matt Markovich. And uh, we've been talking Initiative 976. And, uh, you know, we got a little bit into the various arguments over its constitutionality, whether or not the Attorney General did his best to defend the initiative. Uh, Tim Iman says he didn't. The uh, Solicitor General says, you know, that's just ridiculous. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. But one of the things that Republicans have been doing, they've been calling for a special session to, quote, fix Initiative 976 and the various constitutional issues that it has so it would pass muster in the courts. That happened 20 years ago with Governor Gary Locke. Hasn't happened yet under Governor Jay Inslee, but Governor Inslee is undergoing surgery on Monday, so he will be under a general anesthetic for about seven hours, uh, having a hip replacement. The lieutenant governor is out of town. Who's next in line in, in the line of succession? Republican Secretary of State Kim Wyman will take the reins of Washington state government on Monday. She will have the
1: power to call a special session of the legislature if she so wanted. The likelihood of that happening? I mean, that sounds like a nice conspiracy theory, <laughs> but uh, it's a good one. Um, but I doubt if that's actually going to happen, mm-hmm. because you would have the... Um, The heads of the uh, House and Senate Democrats are going to say, no way we're going to let that happen. You know, she can't just do that. It'd be obviously a political stunt. I think it would backfire. Um, but, you know, the reality and that nice little theory is a good one to talk about. Yeah, yeah but yeah. She,
0: she does have the power to call the state legislature into special session, yeah.
1: as any governor or acting governor would. Now, I had... A oh, t- but but, wait, wait, but it, as soon as she calls it with the uh, lieutenant governor when he comes into town, yeah. or when uh, Governor Inslee comes out of his anesthetic, uh, you know, he comes alive, yeah. uh, can you say, no, I'm not going to let that
0: happen? Well, I spoke with the governor's office, or I say, I exchanged emails. They said they weren't concerned at all that... Uh, Kim Wyman would do this take advantage of the seven hours where she's in power to call that special session. Uh, reached out to Kim Wyman's office. Haven't been able to get a mm-hmm. hold of them, so I don't know if they're on vacation or they just didn't want to even
1: address the issue. Um, I think maybe she'll go over to the mansion and have a good meal on the governor's <laughs> expense. The governor's mansion, there you go.
0: Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's certainly something to think about, but I, you know, it, knowing Kim Wyman, as I do, I've interviewed her many, many, many mm. times. Uh, she knows me by first name. I know by first name. I don't think she's the t- one, the type of person, or two, the type of politician who would do that. No. She is not the typical Republican that you see in elected office in the Trump era. She's much more moderate, uh, much more willing to work with
1: the other side, much more compromising. Uh, but I think if we had our own Trump esque Republican candidate for governor his name is oh phil fortunato and he had seven hours at his will if he happened to be in that position then i could say yeah that may happen you (laughs) know i think somebody like him would do it but it's it's an interesting thought experiment but
0: uh we'll have to see come monday what exactly happens Uh, matt markovich thank you as always for Mm -hmm. joining us welcome and that will do it for this episode of the como politicast i'm jeff podula thank you for listening and have a good week